What up, everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie Twenty Four Seven Podcast, and we're here for part two of the player rating slash keep or sell uh, video slash podcast. It's a bit of a weird title. I'm aware of that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that if you missed the last episode, we went through the goalkeepers and the defenders. And we're going to go the midfielders and you are. It, it certainly wasn't the easiest of tasks. We always knew, I think, the, the defence and the, the goalkeeping situation certainly wasn't a, a high point of the season. Um, of Newcastle conceding so many goals and failing to keep clean sheets. So this one, hopefully, should be a lot more positive after we get past John Joe Shelby, of course. We'll probably be ending on a negative as well because we'll do, we'll do a rating for Bruce. But uh, yeah, mate, we might as well we might as well get straight, straight back into it. Like uh, we'll start with Isaac Hayden. Um, yeah, another player, and I feel like it's a theme, but it's another player that's um, dead throughout the season. But when he has been involved, I feel like he's been one of our better players, Hayden. So for me, it's not going to be a very high rating because, like many of the players before him, he, he hasn't played all season. But for me. I think Hayden's got to get a six out of ten. Um, solid. When called upon, decent. There's been a couple of people on Twitter actually being slating his technical ability. Now, I've never known him for being a technical midfielder, but in terms of sitting in front of a back four and breaking up play, he's excellent at it. Um, but towards the end of the season, before he picked up his season ender end an injury they played him on the right hand side and he looked out with his stuff a little bit uh where he's trying where he was he was relied on to get the ball forward and take him more of a box-to-box role and i, I don't understand that because he no. a box-to-box midfielder he never has he never will be he's just a defensive midfielder that's it he's a professional uh a very professional and honorable man i think i think we'll both agree with that and i think if if you asked him to do any job i think he's played at center back quite a few times this season as well he will do a job and he'll not complain about it but uh, as i always used to say back when i was teaching um if you've got you know if you look at the animal kingdom and you try and draw similarities you wouldn't ask a giraffe to go swimming you wouldn't ask a fish to go and eat some leaves from a tall tree you play to the strengths is what I'm trying to get at. And with Isaac Hayden, uh, his strengths come in those battling qualities, his bravery, he's willing to put the body on the line, his interceptions. It's not going to be his uh, shooting. His shooting accuracy is, I think, it's 13%. Uh, he's only played 24 uh, times this season. No goals. Uh, six wins only out of those 24 appearances. But what he does is a vital job in the team. Allah in previous years, a Czech Tiote uh, or a David Batty in that a player who will do the dirty work so that others, like Alan St. Maximans and your flair players, can get on the ball and do what they do well. You know, you wouldn't ask a- ASM to uh, be a holding midfielder, would you? I mean, yeah, Bruce is Raji, but surely he's not that Raged in the head. Uh, Isaac Hayden is a battling type of player. Um, I think he's yeah. a player who could do a job potentially higher up the table. I like him, but yes, this season he hasn't been available enough. He got injured. Again, we'll say with a caveat, it's not his fault that he got injured, but you've got to take it into consideration when you're scoring these players. 24 appearances this season. 
if he's fit and available, I think if we were the manager of Newcastle, you know, either myself or yourself, we would have Isaac Hayden in the team. No doubt about it. Cracking player. But yeah, I think six out of ten is is, is a, a decent score for him given his uh, contributions on the field this season. Well, and since we're not managed, since we're not managers, Paul, uh, we're going to have to rate him. A six out of ten, I've put six out of ten. You put yeah. fair, is a fairly fair assessment of him, in our opinion, anyway. But uh, uh, easy, straightforward. Keep Isaac Hayden for me. Um, in terms of defensive midfield, I think he's he's pretty good. Um, it's just a technical side that you could see. But if he has a good foil, someone who can pass a ball competently and move and 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 do midfield things, I think he'd be alright. I think he would have been a great player for Joe Willock. Um, yeah, but definitely. It's about combinations when you go to the middle. If, if I think about Newcastle midfield, I think about great combinations. I think of David Batty and I think of Rob, uh, you know, like a Rob Lee. You're looking back down down the years, and it's those sort of players that 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 uh, you know that stand out in the combinations in the middle. And I think an Isaac Hayden uh, would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, for Joe Willick, and I hope that Isaac Hayden had a little whisper in Joe Willick's ear whilst uh, he was up here to tell him that yeah, there is a life after Arsenal. You can come through their system, uh, and then you can make a very good career for yourself there in the northeast. So, are you? Right? <laughs> yeah, I completely agree, mate. I think um, Hayden's made something of himself at Newcastle, and Joe Willick can do the same. Um, I'd love to see him come up here, but. More on Joe looking a bit. Um, so half of part two will probably be about this next one um, because me and Paul, and I'm sure many years listening as well, dislike this player a lot. It, it comes to something when the highlight of your season is drunkenly about Chelsea winning the Champions League. Um, Jeff Hendrick, Paul, what is your rating? For the season with Jeff Hendrick. Go on. Be he's honest. Gonna, uh, he's a, a preview of what I'm going to give be giving Steve Rips as well. It's <laughs> got to be zero. He's what has he offered? He scored one goal. Was it at the, the first goal that he had that Two. amazing start when we absolutely caught West Ham cold? Um, and since then, the uh, the Irish Jesus or whatever he was once dubbed has got worse. And worse and worse, he is the epitome of signing someone just because he's free. Um, you know, the only two people in the world who seem to rate this lad is Sean Dyche and <laughs> our manager. Um, nobody else has got a, a positive word to say about him. You know, when England um, played against Ireland, I thought he was absolutely pathetic as well on the international stage. Um, he's not great at doing the defensive work. He's not great at doing the attacking work. He can't pass two yards sideways. Um, he does get yeah the the odd goal somehow. And um, but apart from that, what else? What else does does he do? And I think he's been a, a, an awful bit of uh, business for, for, for Newcastle. I know we signed him on a free and stuff, uh, and I know that. Um, 
let's face it, Bruce ain't going to get rid of him in a month of uh, in, you know in a, in a month of Sundays. But again, if I was the Newcastle United manager, uh, he would be straight out out of the door. I'd, I'd have no use for him whatsoever. He's played twenty two appearances, so he's made twenty two appearances this season for Newcastle. Two goals, nine appearances in those twenty two games. Uh, but some of those uh, appearances were like he'd be coming on in the ninety third minute, and I'd be saying saying to be missing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I've yeah, seen it. Bit, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my word! You definitely. <laughs> the thing is, have you seen her? Have you seen? Oh no, he's not bringing Jeff Hendrick on. And she'd be like, "What? You're in stoppage time. What are you complaining about?" And I'd be saying, "Yeah, but he, he's still gonna get. He's he's gonna find a way to fuck this up in a new way to piss me off." And he's the sort of player where if you're watching from home, I could pick the TV up and quite willingly lob the bastard out the back door. Because he, he can come on in the 93rd minute, and after 95 minutes, you've gone and fucked it all up. But, um, yeah, the stats aren't, aren't great. Shooting accuracy, 20%, mate. Uh, cross accuracy, 33%. Um, yeah, I'm surprised, it's, I'm surprised it's in double figures, to be honest. But this is the Premier League uh, website that I'm... Uh, getting all the, the stats and figures and stuff like that. Big chances created in the entire season. One, one big chance created, Ooh. and it was probably one against that West Ham uh, on that West Ham match where he looked uh, decent. But apart from that, you, you look at him, and it's the same way that I look at Christian Atsu uh, when he used to play. And I'm like, what? What's he doing? Is he walking the dog? Is he? Is he checking his online banking? Uh, what? What's he doing? Because he's not putting a shift in. He's not breaking a sweat. He's not doing anything offensively, defensively, or in the passing uh, of the ball. So he offers fuck all to me in Newcastle's machinery. And um, you know that I believe that central midfield is a huge area of concern and a huge area that I think we need work in. And Jeff Hendrick is not the bastard answer, Steve Bruce. Don't know what Mrs. Bruce is putting in his apple pie, but he's off his tits. If 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 Jeff Hendricks the answer, what is the question? That 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 would be it. They like, speaking mm. of midfielders not capable to be, well, not good enough for the club. Oh dear. <laughs> we're moving on to John Joe Paul, and oh, out of all the midfielders this season, we've probably spoke about John Joe the most. I've probably argued with people on Twitter the most about this bloke. He is decided <sighs> divisive, no doubt about it. Certainly. He certainly, um, certainly controversial is John yeah. Joe Shelby. For me, this season, this season he's been abysmal. He played well against Fulham last game of the season, but that's it. Um, he, do he doesn't do enough. Um, I think he had what maybe one or two assists, one goal against Newport. Um, actually, no, two goals he scored against Aston Villa. No, Crystal Palace as well. Um, it's just just shocking to be honest. I, I just do not yeah. rate Shelby at all. We need passing feeling. Twenty-four percent shooting accuracy. Uh, let's have a look at some of the other stats because people people like to, to chuck stats about John Joe. Me, when I go to watch the football, I go to, to watch certain things, and especially when you're at the ground. I like to, and I'll stop during certain matches watching some of the action as much and watch individual things going on. And what you'll see with John Joe Shelby is he's like a crab, right? He will move side to side to side to back yeah. to side to side. And that is all he does the entire game. 
and he sits so deep. And this is one of the major problems with Newcastle and why I think we need work in the middle. He drops so deep, he could hold hands with Fernandez. And some of the times, what it needs is for one of the defenders to say, Oi, you're in my area, piss off 10, 20 yards further up, up the pitch. Because. But he's the captain, Paul. We're going to be having any of that. Yeah. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He, nobody should let him even touch that armband. He shouldn't be anywhere near the conversation oh, for who's yeah. going to be the leader in La Celsa's absence. He is an absolute and utter embarrassment. He, it's not the John Joe Shelby of a few years ago. And if you are using him, he should be at the edge of the box. But at the moment, I've seen him played as an emergency centre back. I've seen him playing as a as a deep midfielder. And the trouble is, when we play three at the back. With two wing backs, that can be five across the back. You've then got John Joe Shelby dropping so deep he could hold hands with Fernandez. So that's like six bodies back when what you want is somebody further forward. And this myth about Hollywood balls. Why do you want Hollywood Not balls when, when, when we're, we're scrapping for our lives? We haven't got room for luxury like John Joe. And he might look better in a team that has more possession and, and stuff. But to me, he looks unfit. Sometimes, I mean, I know he looked a little bit more uh, fit towards the end of the season, but for the majority of the season, w- when he's tracking back, he stops He stops running. It looks as if he's been smoking 40 fags before he's came out on, on, on onto the park. Um, he doesn't score enough goals. One goal last season. Uh, he doesn't do enough defensively. Yes, he's got these Hollywood passes that he knocks uh, forward occasionally, but so can Fabian Cher do that, but he doesn't get the, 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 the grandeur. He is on. Over well, eighty odd thousand pound a week. Some people say up to ninety thousand pound a week. I think he is the most overplayed, overhyped player that we've had in such a uh, such a long time. Shooting accuracy twenty one percent, twenty one percent. He's had what? Let's have a look. Goals per match zero point zero three. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Passes per match. Um, on average, 46 passes. How many of them were sideways or backwards? I'd argue most of them. And he just he gets the ball, and you want to move it really, really quickly. And he just sucks the life out of any sort of forward momentum. And yeah. if you look at other teams who, in their midfield, like a Leicester or a, one of the top-end teams, and you look at them, and they're so athletic, and they move around so quickly and stuff. But with John Joe, everything he does seems to be in slow, bastard motion. And again, he's another one of those players like Jeff Hendrick where I could pick up the, the TV monitor, lob it out the back door and then get a batter it and just literally smash the TV up because he does my tits in. And like I said, when we went to, to go to the ground to watch him, I'm watching him there and we're playing awful football. We're playing Bruce Ball 101. And for the first half especially, he was way too deep. But as captain... Is he being a leader? Is he cajoling people? Is he organising people? No. He's like he's on mute the entire game. And I'm like, I'm screaming. And if I was there on the touchline, I'd be screaming and shouting. I'd be trying to, to fire people up. And he just literally, he's like a wet fart. He's that useful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just looking at this now. He's, he's oh... I personally would free transfer him. I'd get rid of him. I'd get rid of the wages, whatever it is. But there are people, mate, who absolutely think he's the dog's bollocks. I just think it's the dog's ass. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I really, really, really can't stand what I say is a lack of work ethic and 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 an anchor to our midfield. And he is he is making the problems in our central midfield worse because he can't move. He needs a mobility scout to make to get round. Yeah, I mean, for me, mate, to, to try and break it down a little bit more objectively where he's concerned, John Joe, it's like, for me, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast this season in games where, fair enough, against your Man Cities, against yeah. your Chelsea, against your top teams, I don't expect them to have much of an impact because his defensive correct. position stuff like that leaves a lot to be desired. But, Against these teams in and around where against your Brightons, against your West Broms, against your against your Fulhams and and all these against these lower sides, I'd expect a player of John Joe Shelby's calibre with his ability on the ball, one, which we know he has, when he puts his mind to it, he can be a good player. Two yeah, he has been a good and player. Three, and three, the amount we'll pay him per week. He's a second highest earner, Paul. I'd expect John a player his calibre, his skill, his ability with the ball to take a game to the likes of West Brom, the, the likes of Wolves, the, those right. teams in and around us. I'd expect John Joe Shelby to make an impact. John Joe Shelby played well in one of them games, and that was Fulham, last game of the season, when nothing was riding on it, and it was kind of a, yeah, nothing game. But still a good result. We'll still beat them. But still, you know. What we need is a stand-up in the bigger games, mate. 36% tackle success rate goes to show you that if somebody runs by John Joe, right, his option is either to stop and and literally to be out of breath nearly having a heart attack or it's to hack him or it's to pull his shirt to give away a needless yellow card and a free kick. That, yeah. that, that, that's I his mean... basic look at and then, then that Hollywood ball that he plays from literally holding Fernandez's hand. Well, one thing I think Graham Jones has done well is he played John Joe deeper because in the early part, the mid part of the season, we were getting caught out nearly every week because of John Joe being out of position too far up the field because he'd do this weird thing where he'd press on his own and then leave 30, 40 yards behind him loads of space. Um, and he can't run. But the, when the, when they changed to the wing back system, they played John Joe Shelby further back, um, and I think that helped with the defensive position and stuff, where he slightly improved because all he had to do was decide what's back, what's passing, uh, and get the ball to the wing backs. That's all he had to do, and he did that okay. That's mm. why for me but, he gets but, but, a, but, but, gets a three two. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd but, have given absolutely nothing. I mean. <laughs> I really, really, really think he is one of the players who needs to accept a lot of blame to what's gone to what's gone wrong. Um, he doesn't do anywhere near enough. And yes, I, I do take your point. Since Graham Jones came in and towards the end of the season, they found a way to mask his inadequacies uh, because you're quite correct. He was leaving too much space, uh, too much space behind him. But now the alternative, mate, how we are at the moment is he's that far defensive and he's that worried about it. He is holding hands with Fernandez and and he's getting in the road of 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 the um, you know of, of the defence. And, and why are we having to make so many exceptions to be able to 
to include this player who, to me, offers so, so little. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And then if you're listening again, if you're watching the games at the moment, I was watching one or two of the games with no sound on towards the end of the season. And all the way through, you could hear Graham Jones, John George do this, and he needed guiding through guiding through the games and it was like John Joe you need to be doing this John Joe get back and it was constant instructions to him and he's supposed to be a senior pro at the club he is one of the highest players at the club and yet he is having to be moddy coddled in a way that a Jamal uh, Lewis could really benefit from but can't because he's so called captain and leader in John Joe Shelby is having to get it instead because I don't know is he lacking football knowledge is he is he lacking a bit of hunger? Does he need a move to be able to re-engage? Because, you know, back at Swansea and stuff, he used to score goals. He was so dangerous. You'd be shit scared of him at set pieces when he was arriving late in the box and whatnot. Um, and he's capable of a lot better. And I would thank him for seasons gone by. But I just think, again, this season, yes, he's played 30 times. So he stayed, uh, you know, a, a lot fitter and healthier. That's That's great. That's a big tick. But when you have played, you've done nowhere near what I would expect. Sean Longstaff has got absolute pelters, right? But with some people, John Joe, to me, just gets an, e- a- an easy ride. And, and he certainly doesn't get an easy ride off, 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 uh, off, off me because you're looking at the stats, which people keep saying to us all of the time, shooting accuracy 21%. Um, and then you're looking at your tackle uh, success rate, 36%. Uh, and there was a time that we were playing them as centre-back, mate, and you were like, oh, it might be good for them. I'm like, I'm shitting myself. I've got Emil Kraft one side, and I've got John Joe Shelley with <laughs> the other. I don't want either of those bastards to touch the ball. I just thought, just just get it back to the keeper. Get it back to the guy. Every time they touch the ball, I was like, oh, my word. But <laughs> it, it just makes it, it just makes be- shit again. At centre-back, the only way I was happy with that remotely was because he so deeply kind of be caught out of position, one, uh, and then two. I, 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 none of the defenders could pass, so it was like huh? Shelby but he's an automatic the ball out. He's an automatic that, that's the only reason I wouldn't have him. I wasn't, I yeah. wasn't like having there every week or anything. Just as an alternative, it, it made it, it could be caught in bed with Mrs. Bruce and Steve Bruce would come in and, and, and wrap a blanket around him because he's that much of a Brucey boy. He's one of his blue chip people. And you know what? Like back in the day, we used to have like say Bobby Robson, he used to have his blue chip players, but there were good players like Gary Speed and Rob Lee and Shearer and Nobby Solano and Shea Given, etc. 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 Those were his blue chip players. Steve Bruce has decided to have blue chip players who are absolutely fucking just shit tards, fuck tards. I, I just I just can't rate them as footballers. This is not judging them as men or charity work they do or family. It's none of that. It's purely on the football. The football that John Joe Shelby has played, mate, has been nothing short of absolutely shite for a player on 80 grand a week, one of our top earners. And, and, and I would I would much rather Bruce Ward, he'll keep him and he'll be a starter next season. I've no doubt about it. But if I was rating him, he would get a very, very low score. I would, I would sell, sell all day long. We, I think we can get a better midfielder than John Joe Shelby, someone who's a bit more mobile, can pass the ball. And 
Mate, Rob, Rob Lee coming out of retirement would be all mobile. What's that about? <laughs> Rob Lee would be better. I'd rather get Rob Lee out of retirement. Be yeah, back, Jonas. Well. Anyone? <laughs> anybody? Any, honestly, no, anybody's better More than this. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd sell John Joe, but yeah, it, I mean, as a squad player, I but um, yeah, for the next midfielder, I mean, <laughs> let me know what you think regarding John Joe, but we'll, we're going to move on to the next midfielder now. We might as well go through both brothers, mate, um, and see what you think, but um, yeah. We'll start with Matty because um, it's been a really frustrating season for Matty Longstaff. Not really getting a game here and there. The only games he played were against top six sides away from home. Uh, so it's been a really frustrating season for him. Um, I don't even know what to give Matty. I sat at, it might be harsh, but the highest I can give him probably is a four. Um, I exactly. want to see more Matty. I want, I, like most fans, wanted to see more Matty Longstaff. Considering up until we signed Joe Willock, we didn't have anything in the midfield at all. So Matty not being played was bizarre, um, or he didn't get loaned out. That was even more bizarre. Um, really frustrating. Um, it's uh, it's not more the rating for Matty, mate. I think it's more the keeper sell, mate. Where the opinion will hold any value. To, to summon him up this season, for me, uh, it's a it's a difficult one. But I'd I'd probably sell Matty, um, because if Steve Bruce is going to be staying, like the, that's the scenario that we've put for this podcast slash video, um, where Matty ain't going to play, he's just waiting his career. And his contract's up next year. And if Bruce was to stay on another year after that, then Matty's just going to be in the cold all of his career. And oh, I want surely, surely, surely Bruce is in the retirement home long before then. Let's let's just pray that Mrs. Bruce does the honourable thing and puts him in a retirement home because he is getting on my wig. The amount of times, mate, he has banged on. Oh, I like Matty Longstaff. I like him. I, I want him to stay. There's a the, there's a long term plan for him, blah 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 blah. And then on the other hand, he does exactly the opposite uh, to what he's just said. He's had what uh, just say five appearances or something this this entire season. That after persuading him to stay at the eleventh hour last summer, um, I agree with you. Uh, I, we might as well sell him if we're not going to play him. Sell him because a lot of the time, local talent, you think of. Uh, even Ivan Tony, who's come through, who's in the youth setup, you think of uh, Adam Armstrong. Sometimes with local lads, they've got to move sideways before they can move forward. Look, even Shiva, you know what I mean? You've got to move sideways yeah, before sure. they can move forward. So I think you've got to sell them because you, you're not playing them. You, you clearly don't rate them, Brucey. So you're talking more shite. Um, you've got to, to, to let him go and let him find his way maybe at a a championship club, and then he can do what he can do very, very well. And I'm confident that he's a Premier League player of the future. But through Steve Bruce's um, poor management of the lad, we are going to lose out, no doubt about it. It'll be another team's benefit. But we might as well um, let him go now, get some sort of fee in for him. Um, 
because what's the point of keeping a player who Bruce will never, ever pick? And when you've got players playing out of position in front of you and you're fit and available and you're on the bench, or if there's an injury and, you, you, you again, you're, you're playing somebody out of position to cover that injury and you're on the bench, what is the point? And there's been stuff said about Bruce doesn't like... He, he's, 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 he's got... Too, too beefed up or this, that and the other over the summer. Hasn't been happy with this, that and the other. It's absolute horseshit. We could have used a, uh, Matty Longstaff a lot this season. Bruce has said, oh, he's injured and this, that and the other. It's horseshit. It's just absolute more crap from that, that man's mouth. And every time he moves it, you just know he's, he's, he's telling lies. But I'm really yeah. frustrated about Matty because with all of the problems, mate, that we have had in the middle of the park to be given so few opportunities and when he has been given opportunities in the most ridiculous of circumstances what is the point Steve Bruce masterclass oh, Bruce yeah. 101 mate and all it really pissed it really pisses me off because I think like if it was up to me I'd keep Matty long stuff and I would have given him more chances but Bruce just he gave him a big shirt he gave him a new contract the so number four shirt many good midfielders in Newcastle's history's worn it. Yeah. And it's like not even giving him a chance. The chances he was given against big teams away from home fed to the sharks, basically. And it's yeah. just like just for the good of Matty's career, if Steve Bruce is still Newcastle manager next season, he needs to find a new club. Because yeah. at the end of the day, he's gonna have another season of this shit. Uh, where he's, oh, well, you know, I like Matty and not play him. Uh, it's mm. just, just bullshit. See if one thing, mate, does the other. Typical yeah, Steve exactly. Bruce. Typical Steve Bruce down to a flipping nutshell. Mm. But, yeah, so it's heavy heart. I'd the rather Matty yeah. stayed, but under Bruce not happening. And the thing is, mate, I feel exactly the same about Sean. Sean's had a couple more chances than Matty, but... He hasn't really played well, and he hasn't looked the same since Bruce came in. I think it's yeah. like Jamal Lewis, as we mentioned in the last podcast. Um, it's literally a case of he needs an arm around the shoulder. He needs that bit of confidence, and I don't think he's getting coached under Bruce. I really well, don't. I don't think there's the anything there. Where, there's where's the with these young players? He's played 22 uh, appearances last um, season, of which seven of them were substitute appearances. No goals at all from Sean Longstaff. Sean Longstaff is a number 10. He's a player who you want at the edge of the box, in the Miggy sort of role, taking shots on goal. And you look at some of the goals that he has scored, and they're from that area. And he can be really effective. He can find little pockets of space. He can get shots away. I think there's a potential for a cracking player in there. But we will never get to know whether he's going to be a cracking player or not if he isn't played and played in his position. And if you're going to play him, don't stick him next to John Joe because he has to do two lots of two lots of running. And this is one of the players who does statistically the most running in the entire team is done by Sean when he's actually playing. But when you're next to um, John Joe Shelby, you've got to do the running for him and the running for yourself as well. So he has to do two lots of, of work. But again, it's another one, mate, that really, really pisses me off with Steve Bruce because he talks the talk with Sean. Oh, I like him. I get on with the family, this, that, and the other. It's pure horseshit. Look at the appearances 
and look at how he's used him and, and, and how many times has he played in his actual position. It's another case of being bruised. It is another case of Bruce Ball 101 fucking over a player with massive potential uh, who Manchester United at one point were interested in. He was he was being... It, it was side by side, him and Declan Rice, him and Declan Rice. Now look at the situation. Who are you going to put them beside to compare him in the Premier League? Well, because Declan Rice, is in, Declan Rice at the Euros and looks short and long stuff is not... Sitting in a, yeah. In the the Tells you all you need to know, mate. It's Sean... <laughs> It, so it's a difficult one because we've seen when he came, when he first came onto the scene uh, under Rafa and stuff, he looked at he looked amazing. The fifty million was not enough for Sean Longstaff at one, uh, once upon a time. Now you take five for Sean, and it's a it's a difficult one because I really like both lads. Um, Na twenty nine and all that, but. It's they're not getting coached under this manager. They're not getting they're not getting nurtured or, or, or given any guidance at all under this manager. I just feel like they're going to get the best versions of them by playing for different managers, different teams. They're not going to get it under under Steve Bruce. Yeah, I just season. looked at these stats, mate. And his stats for, from season upon season, we're talking about big chances created, uh, crosses, crossing accuracy, um, shooting accuracy. It's going down season upon season. Now, well, it where will. Is, it will, no doubt. where's the ability to make these players better, mate? You're making them worse, you absolute fucking idiot. And he calls himself a Geordie manager and he's making other Geordie no. players worse. It's it's and, and it's it's such an emotive thing. We've been a, a lad through the youth system, bread and butter, passionate Newcastle United fan. You're thinking, yeah, it's opening up for you. Go and fill your boots. But he's he's getting worse. He's being bruised in front of our eyes. Yeah, he is. And the one he's rating four out of ten. He's had a couple of howlers this season. I remember Leeds away. I think that's the worst single performance this season out of any of our players. Um, he gave away three goals uh, and he was pretty flipping poor. Like, um, But, yeah, for me, it, it's just not going to get any better for him with Steve Bruce as his manager. Just saying, Matty, yeah, he's really professional player. And there is a brilliant player in the two of them. You know, it's just... Not under this If Bruce leave, if Bruce was to leave, then hundred percent give these lads a chance. But Bruce, in the scenario this one, we're looking at it like he's going to be here next season. So these two need to find new teams. Uh, for four out of ten for Sean, three out of ten for Matty, and both of them are sell. I know the Jordy lads and stuff, and everybody likes the likes the story of the local lad and stuff. Obviously, I'm one of those that love that kind of story being from the same part of the world, but I just You're a realist. I, can't, I, can't, I, I can't let the I, I don't want to see them go through another year of just utter waste of wasting their career, wasting their time because they're better than that. They deserve a hell of a lot better than what Steve Bruce has gave them this season. They but, would go somewhere else, mate, and do well, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, 100% the word. Um, but to move on to a last centre midfielder, obviously Joe Willock. And I think from this lad coming in in January, we're, I think a lot of people were uncertain about him. Arsenal fans were happy to see the back of him. But for me, came into this team, scored, what, eight, nine goals? And was absolutely phenomenal. For me, it's yeah. a nine out of ten. The highest rating so far. I know he's only played half a season. And he's been... He's been a lot of it has been just one. It would have been ten. It would have been ten. Yeah. He's been absolutely superb for Newcastle. Um, we've got got to sign him. I've, I've spoke about this over many a podcast where he's won with games on his own and being like, we've got to sign this lad. We've got to sign him. Not £20 million for Joe Willick is a steal. In today's market, where the box-to-box midfielder is hard to come by, we need a box-to-box midfielder. Joe Willick's just scored eight goals, uh, eight, nine goals, scored six in six. The last player to do that was Alan Shearer for Newcastle United. And we're talking about £20 million as if it's too much. They've got to break the bank for this lad. If Miggy Almiron's worth twenty million, Joe Willock's worth flipping thirty. Do you know what I mean, mate? Like, nothing against Miggy, no disrespect towards Miggy. I love Miggy, but Willock is a it's a brilliant footballer, mate. He's a good box to box, gets on the edge of the box, hungry, determined type of. As Maximin says, you've got to build your team around players like this. Joe Willock, nine out of ten, keep all day long. It is a no-brainer, mate. Um, even surely the simpleton that runs our football club on a day-to-day ba- uh, basis, Penfold, has to see that. Um, at the end of the day, he's a 20-odd-year-old uh, player who's come in to eight goals, which is more goals than anybody else has scored for Arsenal over the same period. He's come in, he's outscored the likes of De Bruyne. Um, and where else can you go to in the league and get an English player who's who's capable of scoring those goals as a box to box type midfielder um for, for that for that sort of money half a Joe Linton you know uh, you look at the money that we've wasted on wages on the likes of Atsu and Henri Savé and the likes uh, and and just how much money as a club we do waste that the wages given to Jeff Hendrick and co um <laughs> and then you've got a lad like this you know, shooting accuracy of 50, uh, 57%. He's coming there and he's everything that a John Joe Shelby isn't. So he is athletic. He is energetic. He is hungry. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove everybody wrong. Look at the Fulham goal. And I know people will say, I got a bit lucky. You make your own luck in football sometimes. He ran from once from inside his box to the other side uh, of the pitch and he earned that little bit of luck in the box. A fantastic finish. He's getting shots away. I love the fact he comes in and he says to St. Maximum, first thing he says is, I will be stood on the edge of the box. Get me the fucking ball. No messing around. Stepping up, being a man. He seems to thrive under the pressure uh, of, of it all. He likes being the focal point of, of, of a team. He speaks well. He, he, he communicates well. He's very articulate. He's very intelligent. He's got good football intelligence. He's in the right place at the right time. He's got a good shot on him. And if he was a foreign footballer coming into Arsenal, I think he'd have done really well and he'd been an established first-team player. 
I don't think he fits into Arteta's system, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I know he's an Arsenal lad, but I think he's been bitten by the bug. Um, I think he wants to stay. I think his father wants him to stay. I think he, he, he can feel the love in him. I think he likes that. He didn't get that at Arsenal, but I get that Arsenal is, is his club and everything. But you have to move heaven and, heaven and earth. You could bring him in for 20 million, mate, and he can play for you for 11, 12, 13 years, no problem at all. He'll score your goals, which will keep you up in the league. Um, and he is everything as an example to the rest of the players of what you can be. And I think as a, a partnership, if you were playing the two, Isaac Hayden uh, and Joe Willick could work really, really nicely and, and, and well and well together. Um, I just beg the club, if they want to make one common sense decision that it's going to get seats on asses for next season, if we're still under the uh, ownership of Mike Ashley, right, which is a possibility, I hope it isn't, but it is a possibility, then signing this lad is a complete and utter no-brainer. Nobody else has done in the league what he has done. Um, and he has been a, uh, an absolute breath of, uh, you know, total fresh air coming into the club. And it's been a joy to watch him. And if he does come back in an Arsenal shirt next season, then he'll still get all the respect in the world for, from, from me. But it just it puts another nail in the coffin and it, it increases my frustration with Bruce, with uh, Charlie, with Mike Ashley. Don't penny pinch, mate. Bring this lad in. If he was here all season, he'd have got a 10, no doubt about it. But I totally agree with you, 9 out of 10. Well-deserved. Thank you, Joe Willick, for just restoring my faith and totally opposite end of the, the, the spectrum to, uh, to yeah, John Josh. Massive part of us staying up. Yeah. Huge credit to him. Um, he's played his last game in, in a Newcastle shirt, then fair play to him. Um, he's done really well here. But I will say that he'd never get loved at Arsenal as much as he, what he got loved at Newcastle United. Yeah. That's for damn sure. But um, he even managed to have his own catchphrase as well, which makes it more heartbreaking if he doesn't come back. Come on, you Maggies. It was, um, it was, it was, it was class that as well, especially the one in front of the crowd. But uh, uh, it's, if, if it's a last one, he knows. He knows. Absolutely. But I just think that's going to want to have a little look at him. Uh, I see this one playing out. I really do. Um, but you would have to be the world's biggest idiot to not bring this in, but I just worry that Lee Charney is that said idiot. Yeah, Lee Charney, come on down. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Mark, stop crying. Them, I, I know Mark will be crying about that. He doesn't like me attacking uh, Lee Charney. Aye. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll move on to the wingers, uh, Paul. The first winger, probably the biggest disappointment of the season for me. Uh, um, Ryan Fraser brought this lad in on a free transfer, but it was seen as a really good bit of business by Newcastle. But he's done nothing for Newcastle, but seems to get fit enough for the play every international break. Um, yeah, I was really happy when this lad came in. Pace, good cross, um, strong, good football. I linked to Arsenal a couple of years ago for 20, 30 million. And for Chelsea me, it seemed a no-brainer. And he just came in. He looks lazy. He looks lethargic. He just doesn't look 
and he, he just still looks off the pace to me. He, and he it's Bang on. Reminds yeah, a lot Damien of Damien Duff. Duff. Big reputation. Comes to Newcastle. Does not all room. Um, yeah. the, the thing is, for me, I'd give him a 2 out of 10. Right? Shite season. But I still think there's a player in there. I, I don't know. Like, I feel if someone could just unlock that potential and just give, him, give, him a, give his head a shake and get the best out of him, I feel he could really do something for Newcastle. Because at the start of the season, fans spoke about this front four in a four-two-three-one. Spoke about Max Miggy in the middle. <laughs> Not a pun, I promise. Um, Fraser on the left, and then uh, them behind Wilson, and that's a front four. That combination never got used all season, which is bizarre. I still like to see that yeah. together. I will put a slight caveat in that because the thing is, Bruce talked about this, didn't he? And he said, well, the reason why we're struggling during that absolutely... Well, I look at the season as a shit sandwich. It was all right at the beginning. It was a lump of shit in the middle and it was all right at the end. But during that shit uh, period where we couldn't literally get a win for, for nothing, um, he's coming out with... Well, I haven't been able to play all of them together, and he's coming out with his book of excuses from, uh, you know, Alapajo excuse bingo. It was Brucey excuse bingo. Um, but then he would leave him on the bench and not use him. And you're like, well, you're saying that, but you're leaving him on the bench. And then he went through a, a stage when I think his confidence was that shot to shit that sometimes these injuries just have a, a have a habit of happening because. You know, you're a confidence player and your confidence is gone. You don't feel like the manager's uh, particularly backing you or particularly rates you or, or this, that and the other. Then when he has come in, he looks so unfit and so off it. And then you're worrying that the player who refused to play for Bournemouth um, is a trouble causer and you're Damien Duff 2.0. But you're, you're totally right. You hit the nail on the head. A couple of seasons ago, Chelsea and Arsenal were like a fly round shit after this lad. Um, so there is a player in there and you see him play internationally when he's playing with a bit more purpose and you think, yeah, you know. And obviously he knows how Callum Wilson likes the ball played to him uh, and they've got that connection from the time at Bournemouth and everything. But I think it's a keep for, 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 for this uh, season. But you're right, he scores low. But with the caveat in next season, mate, You've got to get yourself fit for Newcastle United, the fact and respect the fact that we're getting you fit and we're paying you handsomely to come in to do a job. You need to get your heart, your head out your ass. Uh, persuade Bruce to give you an opportunity, and when Bruce gives you an opportunity, he needs to take it, mate, because he's got all the talent in the world. But if you ha if he hasn't got his head in the right place, as we saw with Damien Duff, then it's it's going to be a catastrophe. But there's no doubt. Uh, uh, a Ryan Fraser of a couple of years ago dropped into the Newcastle attack could could potentially be a huge. It could be a massive tool in our arsenal uh, going forward. But it's up to the player himself and and to Bruce as well to manage him to get him into that situation, mate. Because we were you quite right. We were both excited and looking forward to this lad to see what he could do. But he's done absolutely fuck. All for me in 18 appearances um, during that time, only three wins. 
it's it's not what we expected. No goals in the league uh, for them, which is obviously the the bread that we're talking about. You know, talking about today, aren't we? Um, but I'm just look, looking at, at, at his at, at his stats. Uh, his defensive work is not particularly great. We're put, putting the tackle in, and then going forward, shooting accuracy forty six percent is nowhere near what it should be. Um, passes per match averaging fourteen and a half. Crosses, crossing accuracy twenty four percent, mate. Twenty four percent cross accuracy I mean, for, for the lad. We have seen. He's we have seen the ability to cross. It is there. It's just. It's but just how many like times have we said this? He's been bruised. Yeah, true. Uh, it, it's a difficult one because I, I don't think he's really applied himself either. I think a little bit of that is the player too. But yeah. I'd give him another season. If it doesn't work out, then I'd show him the door. Because um, there is a quality player in there and that's the only reason. And I'd be I'd telling him. him time yeah. I'd say, yeah. look, you're an important part of my plans, but I need you to be putting the performances out on, on, on the back. Yeah, get your shit together because we're going to look at it at the end of next season and I need to see a lot better performance from you if you want to stay at this football club. And I'd be quite as as, as brash as that, but I think this season, I, I couldn't give him more than a, maybe a three, out, a three out of ten and that's probably being generous. Yeah. He's done now. Well, to... He'll do any for Scotland though, won't he? Yeah, he's done, a few, he's done more for Scotland. But uh, to move on, We'll move on from Ryan Fraser and we'll go on to um, Joe Linton. He hasn't had, I mean, he's had a better season than his first season, but it was kind of one of them where he couldn't have done any worse type of thing. So for me, I, th- I think I think Joe Linton needs to get a... It's hard to rate Joe Linton, mate. I don't know what to give him. Um, it is really, really difficult. If you are judging him as a forty million pound number nine club record signing, he has been an unmitigated disaster. However, during certain games this season, he has shown uh, a hard work, uh, some some running. He scored four goals. He's played thirty one appearances. He's been fit the majority of the season, but the top bottom of it is, mate. Um, he can't hit the side of a fucking barn. Um, I know he scored four goals there um, this season, but to be honest, I mean, that nappy liner that he scored when uh, the keeper dropped the ball uh, literally at his feet from like half a yard out. I used to smash them in. It's, when I was at secondary school, I used to smash them in um, <laughs> myself. So I, 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 can't, I, I can't have that. And he sort of developed into a slightly more... Um, a utility sort of is either an attacking midfielder or played as a striker, and he's been professional. He's done the job that's been asked of him, I suppose you maybe say. But I've maintained all along. I think he lacks. He looks a tremendous athlete and stuff, but I think he's the only Brazilian who can't play football. And um, I think he lacks a certain football intelligence on the pitch, and and little things like you score one penalty, you get another penalty. Now, I want my number nine to go and get the ball and say, Oi, me, put the ball down and score again. 
his mentality is, oh, I've scored my goal. I let somebody else have a goal. And that isn't somebody in my book, mate, that is obsessed with goal scoring. And I think your strikers and your number nine needs to be obsessed with scoring goals. And I just don't think he's got it in his makeup, in his DNA. His shooting accuracy has got better. 48% it is, you know, at the moment. Um, Passes per match, 18 I definitely saw a better Joel Linton this season than previously. But I do not think, and I know it's not his fault about the transfer fee, and I know I'm going to be getting hate right now in the comments, but not a 40 million. When you're looking at Joe Willick at 20, and this lad's cost cost 40, and I know he's got Champions League experience and, and, and this, that, and the other previously, and that. I don't think Bruce helps him with the formation that he puts him in. But you're not going to get anywhere near £40 million. If you sold him, you'd be lucky to get 8 to £10 million in my book. That may be, but I, th- I think he's still played, had a couple of decent games this season, which is why I've gave him a five. A bang um, average, I think that's fair. But then again, mate, it's higher than a lot of players that we've rated this season. So he's just had a run of the mill type season. But what you what we're doing, we're keeping our style on him because personally, you're not going to get the forty million for him. So because I still have this thing under him under a different manager, he do all right. It, I think a better manager will get something out of him and make him play a bit better and and help him develop his game. Whereas it's a recurring free theme like the long staffs, you know, where these younger players are really suffering under Steve Bruce. So for me, as controversial as it be, I'd I'd keep Joel in. I think you've got him another season. I I'd give him another season and uh, prove his worth. But I really feel like another manager get more out of him. Don't get us wrong, he's not a first team player by any means, but as a squad player, someone who can come in, try and make a difference in games, sure, no problem. Yeah. But yeah, he's gone up from thirty from last season. He was forty eight percent shooting accuracy. He went the previous season. He was thirty percent. So you looking at his stats, and his stats are getting better, but they're still a long, long, long way short. Of, of where they need to be and I think the weight of that number is burning is is back and he'd have been so much better off letting Callum Wilson have the number nine and, and just, and just yeah, well that's, that's, you know what I mean that's got to be a formality for next season Wilson's got to be a number nine but um, yeah enough about Joel and mate I think with uh, five out of ten and keep yeah, not bad, I suppose, but time to get time to get a bit positive. I think time to go for the main man, Alan St. Maximin. For me, absolutely, every time he's played, he looks like he's going to do something to the opposition. Um, for me, ten out of ten, uh, absolutely fantastic. He's been made um, on and off the field. He's been absolutely brilliant. That latter end of the season, he was unbelievable. Uh, ripping teams apart that second half against Burnley was absolutely outstanding. We've got to give him the plaudits he deserves 10 out of 10, and Definitely. probably one of two candidates for player of the season for sure. Um, so yeah, keep 
and 10 out of 10. I mean, yeah. you can sing his praise of me, but yeah, uh, what can you say? I mean, we have missed him this season. Um, not sticking up for Bruce, not at all. But we have missed him with having the, the COVID situation uh, where he missed football. Um, and then, you know, coming, coming back. And I think uh, there was a little period where I think with COVID, and I was just saying this to the missus, actually, it, it like it, it, when you get the jabs and stuff, it like it knocks you for six again, a little bit further down uh, down the line. Um, so for obviously a high end athlete like him, no doubt it had it had a knock on effect. We missed him so so much when he was out, and we have had such a lift when he's come back and available. Opposition defenders are shit scared of him. It doesn't know whether he's going to go left, right, straight through them, whether he's going to dribble through, literally you know try little turns, bits of yeah. skill. He can open the key to the door and in tight games because we've not got the best uh, squad in the world he can be a difference maker and different makers the value on them i've heard talk about 70 million i wouldn't sell him for 70 million mate i think he's uh too 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 important and, and like you touched on with willick he's the sort of player that you need to build your squad round so when we signed him he was relatively unknown young bags of potential um, a little bit rough around the edges. That's what we've got to go for. Uh, I think he's come into the area. He's the connection with the fans. He gets the he fans. He's helped out food yeah. bank. Also, the kids' school with with the with, with the switches and stuff recently. Um, there's a synergy between the fans and him. Him and the fans. There's a love, and I think he he likes feeling them again. The main man. He likes the love from the crowd. And I think with fans back in St James's Park, I think he'll play even, even better. But um, you just got to watch when defenders, like, are literally like four or five of the opposition's defenders just jumping on him. The only thing I will say is he's getting lots of knocks and stuff because I think he's not getting much protection from referees. Yeah, he's getting um, kicked. To shit. Kicked, kicked to shit. So I think that needs to be looked at and stuff. Lots of niggly injuries because. We're so desperate for him to play every minute, mate, because he's such a huge player for us, but definitely a contender for player of this, the season, despite missing big chunks of it because of COVID. But again, it's not his fault that he's not been uh, not been available and stuff like that. But when he has been available, he's offered so much to Newcastle. Um, and we've got, again, so much to thank him for that any other score, apart from 10 out of 10, and you'd be off your tits. Pretty much, pretty much bang on, mate. I mean, yeah, um, just just a fantastic player, fantastic ambassador for the people in Newcastle. Probably one of the fresh things about this football club. And Most with what he said about the club needing ambition to keep him, I totally agree. He deserves a club that want to go forward. He deserves a club that want to compete. Because he's a fantastic player, mate, and he shouldn't waste himself at a club that don't want to compete. I mean, like, I love I love Newcastle, but the way it's run, it's pathetic. Look at the players that have left over the years. Kabai, Remy, Bar. you know, all these players, quality players who've left with, because we're not ambitious enough. Yeah, you know, managers left with, you know, because... The establishment holds 
this club back from anything other than mediocrity and staying in the division. That's it. And that's why we need to take over so much, but that's a, that's a different one. podcast video for another day. But we'll move on to Miggy. Um, I think Miggy's had a solid season, Paul. I don't think he's been a, a, like a, a top contender for player of the season, but I think he's been fairly solid. I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. I think, he, I think he's been, I think he's been decent. He had that thing in January where he was heavily linked with Atletico Madrid, and his agent was spouting shit. But um, yeah, I, I like Mickey. He works really hard for the team. He's a massive part of that press uh, that the team do. Wins the ball back constantly. Has to play out position constantly. But needs to yeah. play in his proper position, mate. I've banged on about this since he since he's came. You know, before when we were on NFTV. Banged on about it. Still banging on about it now. Play Miggy in more central role and you see a better player. 34 appearances this season and he has literally ran his, um, he's run his socks off, mate. He's covered every inch of um, of turf at St. James's. He's put everything into it. Four goals, 34 appearances, 11 wins during those, uh, during those games. The odd game that he has been injured, we have uh, again. I think I think we've we've missed him again a lot of the time. Opposition will put one or two players just on him, uh, and he creates panic. But yes, I think he, he's capable of scoring more goals. I think he can add that to his game most definitely. Um, I think a seven or an eight out of ten would be an absolutely perfect uh, and perfectly reasonable score for him. Um, yes, there is there is going to be teams that are interested in him. And uh, I hope we don't sell him. I wouldn't sell him personally. Um, no, never. No, no, no. Again, we, we're talking about the club needing to show ambition to keep these sort of players. But again, I think he's another player that the fans love because he plays for the shirt, mate. He always puts the shift in, even if it's not going perfectly right for him. But I would implore Bruce to play him more centrally and to give him what what he wants. But mate, he's played as a striker. I mean, I know when Graham Jones first came in, he played him as a striker. He played Callum Wilson off to the right and then ASM on the other side and stuff. Different variations. And that helped Callum Wilson get a few goals um, and everything. He's not complained. He's not whinged. Um, and again, he's another player. He, he just gets the fans, mate. He gets the fans. He gets the system. Um, and I think most Newcastle fans love him to bits. Yeah. Well, I'm one of them, mate. He works so hard. He's so... He just, he he's just, he's just got that fight. He's got that willpower, and he's got he's got the ability as well. Just the only time he's played centrally this season is either too far forward or too far backward. He hasn't been played in the right position under Bruce at any point the season. He got a little bit of a run where he did get played in the in the ten, and he did really well. And they changed the system again, but yeah. Steve Bruce, that's what you get. You get unpredictability because he hasn't got a flipping clue. But you get headaches as well. You've, you've got to keep him. Uh, you've got to keep Miggy, and you've got to. Yeah. Um, you've got to give him a six or six, seven, or eight out of ten. I think would have been a fair assessment. But we're on to the final, the final three now. Uh, we'll do Carol and Gail together since I think both of them were pretty flipping shit. Uh, this season, <laughs> honestly, mate. Um, yeah, Ka- Carol Gale struggled to get in a team with an injured striker for half of it. Um, I've still got Miggy on the screen, so I'll take him off. But um, 
they've just been abysmal, mate. I'd say maybe two out of ten for the two of them. I don't. Yeah, maybe. I mean, what two 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 goals in between the, the lot of them, a goal each, something like that. Um, I don't need to bring the stats up to know how absolutely atrocious. Look, I'm not taking away from the fact Dwight Gale was fantastic during, especially during the championship campaign. But the writing was on the wall, mate, for that lad when he went away down to West Brom and we brought Rondon up here. Um, clearly, we didn't rate him at that point. We brought him back. Bruce has waxed lyrical about this lad, about how much he's wanted to sign him, blah, blah, blah. But then again, shows that uh, Steve Bruce talks verbal diarrhea because he never, ever picks him. Um, and you'll bring them on for literally uh, the the dying moments, the, the dying embers of games. Um, when he has played, he looks disinterested. He looks half-hearted. He looks as if I can't wait until I get my next move to my next club. Uh, a three-year contract has been offered to him, but he hasn't, uh, you know, up to now, nothing's been confirmed of the club about him accepting that contract. If he was to sign for that, I would only hope that the club are thinking about a possible resale under a championship club. He is a high-end championship striker with the greatest of respect in the world, but he's offered very little to Newcastle this season. He's constantly injured um, for large periods. And from what I've heard, he's a bit of a hypochondriac and stuff as well behind the scenes. He's always got aches, pains, niggles, complaints. Never stops whinging and whining. Uh, I would sell all day long bring in whatever transfer funds you can. Yeah. Andy yeah, Carroll Andy Carroll made what one goal. Um again I don't take away from the fact what he can do is a bit of a cheerleader in the background and stuff, but it could he not be a coach or something like that? Because I just don't see he deserves one of those 25 um slots. We need players who can come in and make a difference. And uh, I was reading Gibbo, he was on about them recently and he was saying if we're just going to keep the same players we're either going to stagnate or we're going to go backwards. And, um, you know, you, you, Andy Carroll, as soon as he comes on, mate, if he farts on the pitch, the referee blows the whistle and it's a free kick giveaway. Yeah. He's from a bygone era. You, you, you can't get away with jack shit on the pitch. He constantly gives up. Uh, he's just giving away free kicks and stuff like that all the time. It's not his fault, but the game's moved on. It's not the Andy Carroll of old. Um He's not even particularly a handful of corners and stuff like that. He's probably better if you're winning a game to bring on for a little bit of um, nouse and aerial advantage at the back to defend a lead as opposed to looking for a goal to try and uh, nick a draw yeah. or get a win. Um, not up to the required standard, mate. And everybody else is progressing. Look at Aston Villa and West Ham's of the world. They are getting better. Meanwhile, we're going back to Andy Carroll it just reeks of desperation. It, it reeks of cheapness. Lee Ryder saying, well, I, I'd, I'd keep him and stuff. I'm of totally <laughs> opposite thing. I'd get rid of him. I don't care whether he's going to come in, Lee, as, 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 as fourth choice. I, I really don't give a shit. I don't want our fourth choice striker to be unable to score goals as much as he's a local lad. I get that. And it's not personal. I think he's a cracking, cracking lad and this, that and the other. But from a, a football perspective, I look at him and it's just like it's either Shrek noises, donkey noises, or it's dinosaur noises. It, I'm just like, oh, they're bringing Andy Carroll on, oh, for fuck's sake. All that's going to happen is it, the, the referee is going to give the opposition five or six free kicks 
and all of our attacks will just literally peter out into. Well, he didn't get a make the foul last. Mm. He didn't get a make the foul against West Brom. Twenty-three seconds and that. Mm. But I totally, it's just pathetic. I, I totally agree, man. Um, one goal in two seasons. It's not good enough. Um, I know he got three assists in his first season, but four contributions in in two seasons. That was Joel and they might have been searching for his head on a pike. Um, yeah, totally yeah, agree, man. Carroll is not that player. Uh, they need uh, they need to sell Carroll in the saw, release him, sorry, and uh, get rid of Gale as well. I think I wouldn't give either of them contracts to be honest. No, no, but, no. I'd thank them for what they've done for the club. Don't get me wrong; it's not personal with these players. It's certainly not personal at all. You thank them for the contribution, but it's time yeah, to yeah, move on. Time to move on. The Good periods where they've been the main man at Newcastle. Both players, yep. Gail and Carroll, you know, they've both had the both had the time where they've been the main man, and I it just not now. I think it's time to move them on, find new clubs, and enjoy the rest of your careers. For me, but on a player front, I wanted to end strong. I want to end with Callum Wilson, um, the people's number nine, we should call him, but. It's not spoken about enough, mate. It really isn't. 17 contributions in 26 games in this Newcastle team where we struggled to score goals. At one point, we went no goals in open play in 10 games under a manager like Steve. And Callum Wilson over the season has managed to really have a, have a decent season, have a really good season. Um, I feel with more with more chances towards him, he would have scored more. Um, because on the scraps that he got, he still managed to score 13 goals in the season, which is, no, I think it was 14 goals that he scored. 12 in the league, just, wasn't it? Oh, so, well, it was 12 goals then he managed to score. 12 yeah, 12, goals. 12, five assists, but mate, as well. It's not just, it's not just his goals, yeah, mate. 17, 17 and 20. Six. It's unbelievable, mate. It's unbelievable. And for me, he gets he gets a ten out of ten. He's the other contender for player of the season for me, alongside yeah. Maxi. Um, in terms of a number nine, I don't think I've seen as good since probably Shearer. Or um, if I put my camera on him, um, in terms of goal scoring ability. Um, yeah, he's up there. He's he's, he's Shearer calls. Uh, your Denver bars. I think I, I really like Denver Bar as well. He's just got that that natural ability to be in the right place at the right time and to score goals. And he's got that killer mentality as well, where he wants where he wants the ball. He wants he's the obsessed. penalty. He wants the pressure. He wants he he wants the. Yeah, he, wa- he wants to be the man of attention, do you know what I mean? Scoring the goals and, and stuff like that. And that's what I want my number nine to be. I want him to be a shithouse. I want him to be, I want him to be flipping, wanting more and more and more and wanting better. I mean, he scored two against Leicester away from home. Oh, I'm good. I didn't score me hat trick. I want that mentality. That you know what is I mean? what that's you want. No, you know what I mean? I want that. I want that. I want me straight to be critical of himself, even though he's been flipping great in games. and yeah, I, I, for me, got to keep in ten out of ten. Oh, and, and this this should prove the thing is, if if you're a if you're a Lee Charnley, yeah, heaven help yourself, heaven help yourself. But surely you look at him and you think, oh, we've signed a proven striker and he scored goals. 
Oh, isn't that a coincidence? Why did I waste £40 million on Joe Linton? It wasn't proven. Now, his shooting accuracy at 41% is actually lower than Joe Willick's. But is you're totally right. His obsession with scoring goals. He's a perfectionist. He is a goal whore. He is obsessed. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't want any of the other fancy stuff. He wants to get the ball in and score. He scored penalties. I I, I do take that. But in a team that has played so so Bruce Ball to score the goals that he has, I mean, it's been fantastic. Twenty six appearances made. He has missed a few with injury. But this is why we yeah. need rid of your Gales and your Carols so that we've got somebody else. Um, I've, I've heard Josh King mentioned recently, somebody else who you can bring in and rest him. Because at the moment, mate, if we're playing Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, so on and so forth, he has to play every time because what's your alternative? It's probably playing either Joe Linton up top or it's playing Miggy up the top as a false nine with somebody else to the right and 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 some combination of playing ASM up there uh, by himself, which he doesn't, I don't think he enjoys as much. Callum Wilson is, uh, to me, he should have got more uh, respect in, in, internationally. Um, I think he's a fantastic, he's one of the best goal scorers that is, is in the country available for England. Um, and it's only because um, Southgate is so biased towards anything to do with, with, with Newcastle. I, I think that he doesn't get into it. But, um, Every time it he is on the team sheet, you think we have a, a, a real chance of getting a goal here because Callum Wilson's playing and he's been a fantastic uh, signing. Got to be player of the season. I know ASM, I think if ASM had been fit more often, I think I, we might have pushed ASM past. But the goals, the assists, uh, the focal point, we've been crying out for a striker for so, so long, like we're crying out for a central midfielder now, but um, Callum Wilson, what a buy. I mean, him, ASM and the gated Guardiola have got to be signings of the bloody season, mate. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, just to add one more thing on the number, the wannabe number nine next season for me in any way, um, if he can stay fit, he, he's capable of 20 goals a season. Just needs um, Gateshead Graham to continue to work his magic in the wing-back system. And he'll get chances, and with chances comes goals for Callum Wilson. So for me, keep Callum Wilson 10 out of 10. And he got player of the season from the players, but obviously we, we picked Maxi. Um, but it could have been either or. But you, you can't you end, can pick either of them. I I, I can't can say any say any negatives about me. He's just a brilliant centre forward. But to end, we've got to end on Steve Bruce, mate. And yeah, it's it, we could probably have done a two-hour podcast on this on its own. But rating Steve Bruce's season, what a frustrating season it's been. Um, like I know he got manager of the month in April and we ended the season pretty well, but. For me, the difference maker was after Brighton, Graham Jones was allowed to work with the team in a in a wing back system, and that worked very well. My issue is people saying, "Oh, why don't you give Bruce credit?" And all these farm boys like you, Luke Edwards and and, and people like that. Why aren't you just give Steve Bruce a bit of credit? Because if you're a football person and you watch football and you watch Newcastle every week. 
you would have seen at the start of the season when we played a wing-back system, when we were parked in one box and we couldn't get out one, one half, and we had 40, yeah, 30, 40 shots upward per game, and Carl Tall was constantly pulling out the shit. Comparing that under just Steve Bruce with his Steves to when changed the formation last season after Brighton, wing-back system, back to wing-back system, and Graham Jones working with well pressed high, were pressed in the midfield, we looked a lot more tactically set up and were pushed forward and we tried to get more chances by pushing the wing-backs forward. Now, you can't tell me Steve Bruce, after 20 years of experience, suddenly learned how to mobilise a, a wing-back system coherently in five months after failing to do so for 20 years. Like, for me, it doesn't add up. And like, yeah, Steve Bruce is the is the has the role. He's head coach, and and like, yeah, he's going to get manager of the month. But for me, the changes didn't happen until Graham Jones came in because the writing was on the wall. Paul, when he came in, we hadn't scored many goals. We had injuries. We were falling towards the bottom three, and and like it was really worrying. And then Graham Jones came in, we beat Everton and things like started picking up. We played well against Everton on the day, but for me, Steve Bruce deserves absolutely no credit at all. Like, yeah, like the, the pro Bruce brigade, if there's any might say, why can't you just give him a bit of credit? I can't, I can't give him credit, mate, because that Brighton performance or all the performances before games where he'd be like, or this isn't a must-win. Or um, he would constantly attack the fans. He'd have a go. Um, and that is exactly he'd... why, mate, you can't give him credit. Why should any fan give that man credit when he is consistently and repeatedly attacked the fan base? And then he's he's mastered by saying, it's my, my limited vocabulary. And this, that, and the other. Well, my limited vocabulary tells you, Steve, clear your fucking desk and don't let the door hit you in the way out. That's my limited vocabulary because he's been an absolute fraud. You listen to Bobby Robson talking about the fans and apologising after a poor result. I feel sorry for the fans, this, that, and the other. That man couldn't give a shiny shit about the fans. And he's the luckiest man in the world that there's been no fans in the stadium for 99% of last season. He, he, he's totally nutly had more jam than Hartley's. He's rid by the seat of his pants. This game's like against Spurs. We didn't deserve anything out of that game at all. And we mugged them, absolutely mugged them. Not through 20 years of experience or any sort of a game plan. It was sheer Bruce luck. We, uh, I talked about a shit sandwich uh, previously. That middle section when we had like 20-odd games and we had one or two wins in it was... Um, reason for his P45 alone. He should have got his P45 after the Sheffield United game. He should have had it after we lost to Brentford Reserves. Uh, he should have had it against uh, the Brighton absolute farcical uh, display. And then all of a sudden, he, uh, you know, the gate of Guardiola comes in England's own. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we have a little bit of a splurge of decent results. And then all of a sudden, he gets the manager of the month. But that there's not wallpaper over the cracks that we're in for those months and months and months where we couldn't hit the side of a barn, where we couldn't defend to save our lives, where Steve Bruce made mistake after mistake. He was blaming Sean Longstaff for the Sheffield United game when it was everything to do with him 
and what he uh, what he did and what how he set us up. Uh, you're blaming players and throwing players under buses, and you're wondering why we're not scoring when you, we've got like two older midfielders, five defenders playing at the back, and we've got nobody forward when we've got like uh, fifteen and sixteen percent possession stats. What what do you expect us to do when our possession is so low? You know, the, these these are not. Uh, things that are difficult to see, but the Bruce Brigade. So you've got like hairy hands and people like that, and Tim Sherwood spouting shit off. You've got Simon Jordan pretending that he's got a football, uh, you know, in- intelligence when it comes to Newcastle, and they haven't. Um, Steve Bruce has been a lucky, lucky, lucky man, and I hope that this season, over an apple crumble with his missus on holiday somewhere, that Mrs. Bruce says to him, "You don't need this stress, uh, Steve. Stay at home." Uh, and get some of the jobs done around the house. Yeah, you don't need the stress of being Newcastle United manager and that he leaves and goes because you know it, I know it. He's a fraud Newcastle United supporter. He's a Manchester United supporter. You've only got to look back at historical um, stuff that he's, he's done and interviews that he's done. He uses the, use the same tired excuses time and time again. It's never Steve Bruce. It's always somebody else. And if it isn't Steve Bruce having a go at fans, mate, it's his son, Alex Bruce. And the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree, and it certainly doesn't in this occasion. That man has been a legitimate fraud, and we have had to suffer through Bruce Paul. And I will not be told by a Southern journalist who might watch us three, four times per year that the football at Newcastle is fucking shite. Absolutely shite. And we have survived through a combination of the three teams who have gone down have been absolutely dog shit, and then we've got a few special players to be able to stay up. There's major problems in our club that need resolving by somebody with a set of balls and a little bit of common sense, and who will stand up to the club. And I just don't think that that man is Steve Bruce. He is. He needs to be relieved of, 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 of his duties. He's useless, and he... and and. I tell you what, the club got him out the shit by putting the sticking plaster of, of, of uh, the Gator Guardiola in. When they brought him in, mate, they put him on the website and it was just like he was a manager. He was in his suit. They did his interview like he was the manager and they were preparing to, pr- to bring him in to help save the situation. And if it hadn't worked with Bruce, they'd have got rid of Bruce and he would have seen us over the, the line for the rest of the season. I've no doubt about it. But as it turned out, Despite Bruce sending them to the stands, do you remember for the Crystal Palace game? He sent them to the stands. I do. Well. Um, he has made foul decision after foul decision, and I'm just glad that we've remained safe this season. But let's pray to God, mate, that he's not our manager next season because he's absolutely fucking useless, and he, he's up there to me with Joe uh, Joe Kinnear. Um He's probably worse than John Carver. He's worse than all of them. He's absolutely... Um, I, I mean, he, he's been backed financially. You can't say that the club hasn't backed him. Um, he signed off on the Joe Linton deal, and that tells you everything you need to know there in, in the first place. Uh, but, yeah, if it was keep or sell, I'd, I'd sell him... I'd, I'd, I'd walk him for a long walk of a short pier. I'd take him anywhere he wants to go. Um I treat him for an apple uh, apple crumble if it meant him leaving the club permanently. Uh, he has insulted <laughs> the intelligence of the Newcastle United faithful, and for that, that is a um, that is 
just not what you do. We're one of the most loyalist fan bases in the land, and you have sold us down the land. And and literally, you, we didn't hear of him during that 21 games. We didn't hear of him. But as soon as he won a few games and got his manager of the month, which should have been given to Graham Jones, let's face it, all of a sudden he goes on to talk sport and he's chatting his shit. He's chatting his shit. Well, like I said before, the second you desk, don't let it go hit you on the way out. The second he got anything going his way, one win, he was straight on the attack. Oh, look yep. at me, look at me. It's like, nah. no, just not. He's not a fan of this club and he shouldn't be the manager of this club either. Good totally riddance agree. to Steve Bruce. But with the way the club's run, Steve Bruce will remain for as long as we've got these owners. As far as I'm concerned, if the takeover falls, I think Steve Bruce will get a new contract and they'll just keep going until they find another owner uh, to buy with. But... It's a, it's a sad one to end on. But Steve Bruce will make it to one out. Zero out of ten. And then yeah, he's got to go, Steve Bruce. But we know he won't. But um, yeah. that, I mean, we are. yeah, we expect too much apparently. But um, I don't even know how we we'll finish twelfth. You know, that's it's the biggest miracle going. Yeah, that we finished twelfth after spending. Yeah, those two victories at the end of the season. Uh, just papered over it and, and pushed us up and we were top of a very bad bottom section of the table but make no doubt about it mate you, you look at like what Aston Villa d- did they they literally stayed up by a VAR fructadery right then the following season they've pushed on we're not going to do any of that Steve Bruce talks about top 10 there's no way we're spending £12 million and, and getting into the top 10 mate because we're a million miles off we're, we, we need a right back we need um, a couple of central midfielders. We need an attacker, like striker, focal point striker, so your Callum Wilson style. Um, yeah. We, we need Joe Willick signing up. You've got you've got to be uh, realistic. It's going to be another season of struggle with Bruce Ball, uh, and and I'm, uh, unless the takeover happens, fallen attendances and increased uh, fan apathy with the whole uh, situation. So I think it's in everybody's best interest that we get this takeover uh, done and, and we get the fresh start that the club, the ground and the fans so desperately uh, need and, and deserve. But yeah, it's the end of another uh, distinctly frustrating and average season lit up by a, a few s- small moments and, and, and good results and uh Freak results here and there. Yeah, it's uh, it, like you say. It could be another long season with Bruce. I just hope he's had his last game in charge because that little run you can see he ended on a high and he, he, he yeah, and see he had a good run or whatever. Like you did, like you said, Waston Villa. But it, it, as long as he's not manager, I don't care, mate. That's literally where I'm at with it. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's literally where we'll bring things to a close, Paul. I mean, if you have sat with, with for the part one and the part two as well, fair play. I mean, after a, a full day of graft the day and then three hours recording, I'm absolutely chattered. <laughs> I'll be honest, <laughs> this is quarter 12. So you kind of say we're not committed. <laughs> but um, it's just a couple of things to mention. Things to mention. Uh, we'll know of the takeover stuff that's been mentioned, I'm going to do a, a video on that when more comes out about the Premier League response, in quotation marks. Um, England, Paul's doing a 
preview for in man Navan, and i'm going to do the review for and then we're going to cover the england games as we go not going to cover everything just the england games because uh, that's where the that's where our peak interest is and then we'll uh, then we'll start doing the regular podcast again with the weekly stuff we might buy in a q a in there as well um and then as we'll go towards uh, another season where we'll be doing the match reviews on both spotify and youtube so plenty to come still a couple of more uh, announcements to be made uh between now and this the start of the season here at magpie 24 7 but as always we really appreciate you uh getting involved with we um whether that be on youtube spotify facebook tw- twitter instagram any of them we really do appreciate it but i think i think we've kept you long enough <laughs> so I, i'll le- let you go for now and we'll see you on the next podcast everyone so we'll see you in a bit keep it too